All right, Auburn fans, I hope everyone is having a solid week of work after the Auburn W on Saturday. I think we have a lot to be excited for after seeing this team on the field. And and obviously there are some things that are somewhat concerning, but I think overall we can feel pretty confident that this team is going to make some waves this season. As you all probably know, this is definitely my favorite week of the year. This is the Deep South's oldest rivalry. This is Auburn and Georgia, two heavy hitters going head-to-head in Athens this weekend. And I'm definitely going to get into reviewing... uh, or previewing that game, but but first I kind of want to look at Auburn's performance against Kentucky and how that kind of translates to the game against Georgia this weekend. I think it's much easier now to determine the strengths and weaknesses of, of Auburn and, and of Georgia and other teams in the SEC now that we've finally got to see the product on the field. And there are definitely some teams we still don't know much about. Um, some don't even have an offensive identity yet, in particular Georgia, but most teams, you can make a fairly assumption of what they will be going forward. So, as I said before, I think overall, Auburn played pretty well Saturday. Uh, but the next few things I'm going to give you are, are some things that I was really impressed by, and then uh, a few other things that I was a bit concerned about after the first game. So, as always, let's start with the positives on the offensive side of the football the first thing that really stood out to me, and, and I think most Auburn fans will probably agree with me here, is that the offense finally didn't look anemic right out of the gate. We said this last year, we said this the year before, I, I think it's probably been too many to count, but after every first game of the season, it seems like Auburn's offense comes out flat. They look lost. And we always say, Well, they just need a few games to really develop the timing and the rhythm, especially along the offensive line. That's pretty much been the topic of conversation after every first game of the season for Auburn, at least in the last five, six years. But that's not what we saw here. What I saw was an offense that had an identity going into this game. I saw a greatly improved quarterback who has obviously had a lot of practice with his receivers. I saw a deep running back committee. I saw some new faces that are going to be a huge part of this offense. And I saw an offensive line that honestly didn't look as bad as I expected them to. Looking at Bo Nix, I think he definitely developed a quicker release. You can really tell uh, he snaps that wrist much faster and was making quicker decisions with the ball. He does still have some tendencies uh, to flee the pocket a little early, and, and I think that's obviously something that's that's going to be corrected by Chad Morris. But we saw that a lot with Jared Stidham when he didn't trust the offensive line, and I think we're seeing a very particular, uh, particularly similar reaction from Bo Nix. Gus did say, however, in the in the uh, p- post game press conference that this was the first time this entire O line had been together in weeks. So I think it's fair that Knicks doesn't entirely trust them yet. I would like to see him step up more in the pocket, and when he does, he throws darts. Uh, so I'd like to see him do that more. And as the season progresses, I, I definitely think he'll get more comfortable with the offensive line. He really needs to work on on planting his feet and stepping into the throw. I think uh, he, he had, I think it was two passes off his back foot that actually ended up being really nice throws and and completions for big yardage but 
he can't let that become a habit. No, no quarterback is is really dominant throwing the ball off their back foot more than a couple times a game, and and really that should only happen in situations where there may be no other option. So other than those two things, I think Bo is going to be scary good this year. I I really do think Chad has things going in the right direction. Uh, we, we definitely ought to use Bo a little more in the run game to open up the middle of the field. But from what I saw, uh, I, I was pretty impressed. Looking at the running backs, they, they looked okay. Um, it was hard to tell since Auburn wasn't really able to effectively run the ball. Shivers got a little banged up in the first half. I don't think he played much, if at all, in the second half. Um, DJ Williams, he just needs to hit the holes harder, especially on those short-yarded situations. He, he should not be running laterally especially in short yardage situations. Um, And speaking of short yardage, Auburn needs a jumbo set in in those situations. When Auburn decided to go for it on that fourth and one there, and and don't get me wrong, I like the call to go, but I didn't like the play. And I've never been a proponent of sitting back there in in shotgun with a slow, drawn-out handoff to try and gain a yard in my opinion, it just takes too much time, and, and the defense already knows that the ball is going right up the gut. So um, I'd like to see maybe big boy J.J. Pegues take a handoff on short yardage uh, situations. I know Auburn's offense operates out of the gun, but you need an under center formation with a power back that can get the gritty inches there uh, for a first down or, or, or even to punch it across the end zone. As far as the receivers go, I think it goes without saying that Seth Williams, he's a boss. He's become what we all thought he would become over the offseason, just a dominant player on the outside. He's getting really good separation, and, and he's a crisp route runner. I think he really is a man amongst boys out there. He, he surely showed uh, Kelvin Joseph, who was boss on that fade route in the end zone, I actually didn't know this immediately when it happened, but uh, that that same corner, Kelvin, he was the same guy that shoved uh, Zavion Capers after the false start and got that personal foul. So I think Seth uh, served him some karma on that one. Auburn has a tendency to kind of key in on guys like that. Um, If you remember Sammy Coates, uh, if you remember Duke Williams, and now Seth Williams... I do think that he's really good, obviously, but I think Auburn has to spread the ball around to some different guys. Auburn had 223 yards through the air, and Seth Williams had 112 of them. It's really great that you have an NFL guy out there bringing down 50-50 balls constantly, but teams are going to start double-teaming him, and, and, and that means somebody else is going to be open. So Bo has got to find that guy. I'd like to see Schwartz get more involved downfield he is great with those bubble screens, but but I'd like to see him get involved, uh, maybe run a few go routes. I mean, he's the fastest player in college football, and he had three receptions on Saturday. I think it's pretty obvious he needs more. Offensively, I, I truly believe that this Auburn team has a pretty high ceiling. Again, I think that's really predicated on how well the offensive line comes together, but I think they're a decent group. I, I'm, I'm not going to go as far as to say that they're good, 
but I'd be comfortable with describing them as average for now. I, I, I think that Brandon Council and, and Brodarius Ham, those two guys were putting guys on their ass all game long on Saturday. And I think those two are solid. I, I think Brahms, uh, Alec Jackson, and, and Tashawn Manning, who for the most part play on the left side of, of the line, I think they just played okay. I think uh, Brahms, I'm, I'm a little bit surprised about. He didn't really have a great game. I figured he'd be one of those guys that, that Auburn could really lean on up front, but uh, he just didn't get it done. Um, hopefully he can turn it around. Auburn struggled to run the ball pretty much the entire game, I think, for that reason, that, that those three guys on the left side just, just didn't really play all that well. 91 total yards on 30 carries. That's what Auburn had on Saturday. That's pretty abysmal. Bo Nix led the team in rushing with 34 yards. That's not good. Your quarterback cannot lead the team, of course, unless it's Nick Marshall, but Bo Nix cannot lead the team in rushing. And I'm not sure if that's truly a product of Auburn trying to go more pass-heavy or if that offensive line just just really wasn't getting it done. And, And I think a bit of both is probably true. But Auburn has got to figure out a way to run the ball. I don't think we saw a single jet sweep. Um, I, I think you have to utilize Schwartz in the run game. Give him a head of steam in motion. Hand it off to him as, he, as he's coming around uh, for the jet sweep at uh, the end of round. And, and as I said before, we saw a lot of backs bouncing the run outside when it was de- designed to go between the tackles. And, and I think that's, again, just a product of poor offensive line play. Don't get me wrong, I, I think this offensive line has a, has a higher ceiling than, than the guys last year, and I said this last week before the game that this was a possibility. I think they just got to put it together. Um, Georgia's defense is no joke. They remind me a lot of Auburn last season. They're, they're stout up front. They have a solid secondary, and they really have uh, some pretty good play out of their linebackers as well. Defense... Can only win you so many games, though. If Auburn absolutely cannot get the run game going, and this is generally what I expect to happen, I, I think Bo can probably pick them apart through the air. And and I say that cautiously, uh, but I do believe that Bo Nix has the receivers and has the arm to get it done. Um, you have guys back there for Georgia, uh, Richard LeCount. Um, he's... Very good. Definitely going to be an NFL guy. They have a pair of corners that are also really good. Um, but that's that's not to say Kentucky's secondary wasn't good. That, that, that was considered to be a strength of their defense. And and if you look at what happened on Saturday, Bo had a, had a really good day against Kentucky. Um, so I do think points will be harder to come by for this Auburn offense in this game. Um, but... You also have to look at the fact that Auburn really didn't have the ball very much against Kentucky. Uh, Kentucky was one of those run-and-drain-the-clock type of teams. They wanted to shorten the game. They wanted to keep the ball out of Auburn's hands, and they succeeded in doing that. Um, they, I believe they had 22 minutes of possession in the first half to Auburn's eight, and I think it ended up something uh, pretty lopsided like that after the game as well. Don't think Georgia can do that, though. They, they struggled to run the ball against a below-average Arkansas run defense, and um, 
So I don't think Georgia's game plan going into this one is going to be to gas Auburn like Kentucky did. I just don't think they have the personnel to do it. Um, Speaking of Georgia's offense, I, I think they looked pretty anemic in their game. After they took Dewan Mathis out, they, they started moving the ball better, but I don't think that score was at all reflective of how they looked. They had a few turnovers that gave them uh, short fields and easy scores, which I think inflated the scoreboard. Uh, but the same can be said for Auburn against Kentucky. We did have a few key turnovers that really changed the game. But again, Kentucky was a way better team than the Arkansas team that Georgia struggled with on Saturday. Georgia had 121 rushing yards with Zamir White being the leading rusher at 71 yards. That's pretty bad for a team who calls themselves running back university and especially makes it worse since it was against Arkansas, who by all means is probably the worst, if not the second worst team in the SEC. Um, and they're not exactly known for great defense over there. So Auburn from top to bottom has better defensive players than Arkansas, I would say at almost every position, except for maybe running back. Um, I expect Georgia's woes to continue this week. I, I really do. I think everyone knows they're experiencing some quarterback issues, and the guy you rode with all offseason decides to opt out just a couple weeks before the first game, and then uh, Dewan Mathis ends up being a Jeremy Johnson type deer in the headlights. And, and so they turn their uh, attention to Stetson Bennett, walk on. And while he's a good game manager, he, he lacks in a lot of areas too. I expect Georgia to, to uh, really turn to JT Daniels, who was cleared to play this week after recovering from that ACL surgery. There's no telling how he'll look. And I really don't think, I mean, Kirby Smart said the same thing. I don't think it changes the equation much. Um, Georgia's offense has struggles beyond the quarterback. Uh, the, the offensive struggles are, I think, just a little bit more exasperated um, because the quarterback situation is, is unclear. Um, but as far as JT Daniels goes, um, I've undergone two ACL surgeries, and so I can attest uh, and tell you that it's no joke. Um, I'm still three to four years removed from those surgeries, and I still don't feel 100% on my knees, albeit I'm not playing college football, but I still notice it in my golf game. And um, so, you know, JT hasn't been hit since before the tear, and and, and I don't know how he's going to react when uh, Big Cat welcomes him back to college football. JT, he's the kind of guy that that can distribute the ball effectively. He's not going to make any plays with his feet, especially because of the knee, but it's going to be interesting to see who Georgia comes out with. If, if I'm Georgia going into this week, I, I honestly think I come out with Stetson Bennett. And, and it, however crazy that sounds, I, I think he's your only option here unless JT Daniels is just far and away the the, the better quarterback. And, and um, you know, we saw KJ Costello uh, over at Mississippi State just tear it up in his first game. But I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I just don't see JT Daniels being leagues, leagues better uh, for Georgia's offense than anybody else is going to do right now. Um, but regardless, I think uh, Auburn's defense has got to come out and expect that Georgia is really going to try and run the ball down their throat. As I said before, I don't think they're going to be able to do it the way Kentucky was able to do it against Auburn. Uh, granted, again, t- Kentucky had one of the better O-lines Auburn w- will play this season, 
Um, but that's been Georgia's MO for a while, uh, to run the football effectively, to open up the pass. And they replaced nine or 10 offensive starters, including the entire offensive line. So they're, they're trying to find their footing there, which lends partial fault to their lack of a running game. Auburn's D-line has got to step it up. Kentucky, uh, obviously, as I said before, really good offensive line play. Probably one of the better offensive lines in the country. Auburn also didn't have Big Cat due to an ankle twist or, or Derek Hall. Didn't have him the entire second half due to the targeting. Uh, from everything I've heard so far, and, and this is as of Tuesday afternoon, Auburn should be healthy uh, in the trenches and in almost every other position. I think Steele is really finding out that Daquan Newkirk probably needs more playing time next to Truesdale. Those two were just swarming the ball nearly every play they were together. So expect Daquan Newkirk to get more minutes in this game against Georgia. If Auburn can limit the run, I have faith in that secondary to get it done. I I think Jalen Simpson, Roger McQuarrie, Jamie and Sherwood, and Smoke Monday, I think they're playing at a really high level, as Gus would say. And they're a very stingy group of defensive backs. And I think each one of them has their own strengths, and they made big plays individually for Auburn on Saturday. Uh, I think Auburn can feel really good about the secondary going into this game. That was a question in the offseason, and I, I said last week, the question was not uh, about the secondary for me. The question was more of um, really def- the defensive line. So, especially with with Auburn's un- or uh, with Georgia's uncertainty at quarterback, I, I expect this defensive backfield to perform on Saturday. So, I kind of wanted to get into a few matchups as I see them uh, between Auburn and Georgia, just kind of the game within the game. Um, Auburn's offense versus Georgia's defense, and in particular, I would really say Bo Nix and the receivers versus Georgia's pass rush and their defensive backs, I'd probably give the upper hand here to Georgia. As I said before, Auburn is going to have a hard time getting the run game going, but I think that they can rely on Bo to get it done through the air, uh, but I will give the advantage there to Georgia because I just think that that defense is really stingy, and I don't think... Uh, that they're going to let Auburn run the ball. Uh, Looking at the Auburn defense versus the Georgia offense, I think without a doubt, you have to give the upper hand to Auburn's defense for all the reasons that we talked about here. Uh, I I just think that Georgia just doesn't have the offensive prowess to get it done this year. I think they're going to struggle down the road here. I think they have four really tough games coming up. I think All four of those are losable games for Georgia. Do I think they'll lose all four? No. But do I think they'll lose maybe two out of the four? Probably. Yeah, I would say if not three out of the four, especially if they come out against Alabama with that offense that they put on the field against Arkansas, they're going to get obliterated. So what will this game come down to? I think it really comes down to Bo Nix and Auburn's receivers versus whoever Georgia has at quarterback and their receivers. Who do you trust more to get it done? I don't think there's any question who most people would pick at this point in the season. Auburn's offense has an identity. Georgia's still searching. So all the factors that we talked about today and 
all the unknown factors, I, I really think that, uh, I mean, obviously, you know I'm going to pick Auburn here. But I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. I don't think it's it's going to be over 25 points for either team. I think Auburn kind of pulls away in the fourth quarter, 20 to, to 16. At the end of the day, I, I, I value an offensive identity and a quarterback who's had a year under his belt with his receivers already um, over the one that's trying to throw together some chemistry. So that that's kind of my deciding factor there. I do think this will be a, a slugfest until the last snap. That There's no doubt about that, but I like Chad Morris. I like Kevin Steele to get the job done Saturday. And uh, I, I just think, looking at it from an objective standpoint, I think it's embarrassing that Auburn is a seven-point dog in this game. Uh, but I do think Auburn is going to come out and and uh, show the people over in Vegas why they should be the ones favored by seven. So with that being said, please remember to rate the podcast on iTunes, and we're looking forward to the Deep South's oldest rivalry on Saturday. War, damn eagle. <laughs>